Welcome to It's Not About the Money, a podcast in search of grounded fundraising. I'm Heather, and together with my co-host, Andy, we look beyond the quick tips and formulas. Join us as we explore the nuance and complexity of ministry fundraising. If you want to thrive in partner development, not just survive it, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, we are recapping a wonderful episode by Nelson Musipa. Heather, will you tell us who's joining us today? Absolutely, Andy. So today, helping us recap this episode, we have invited Nicole. She is currently working as a fundraising coach, but prior to that, had experience in fundraising as a single and as a married with her husband. So Nicole, we'd like to pass it over to you to add anything that we missed. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. I am looking forward to talking about this topic with the perspective of someone who, as Heather said, has been on the side of fundraising for myself and also walking through it with other people. Mm -hmm. Well, let's start broadly. What was something that stood out to you, Nicole? A lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) I think that the main thing that I took away from this was the fact that we pursue a direction because God has called us to it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that can look different for each person. But if he has made it clear what we need to do, then we don't need to live in fear. We need to just keep walking and trust that he's going to provide what we need. Yeah, I really loved how he just very directly said, if God is calling me to live this way, he will provide for me. But then I loved how he followed that up immediately with kind of the reality check, but it was not easy, Mm. you know, because I think it's later in the episode. He's, uh, I think actually Andy points out that, that people feel like, well, if I'm doing God's will, it will work out for me. And if we're, if we are acting in obedience, it's 100% what we should be doing. And we do have the Lord with us in that, but what, what it looks like for that to work out for me, quote unquote, doesn't necessarily look like ease or lack mm. of disruption. He's not a snowplow God, like a snowplow parent, right? He's not going to just move all the obstacles out of your way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, we firmly believe that sometimes the obstacles are a necessary part of the formation. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I really appreciated that too, Nicole. Something else that he said pretty early on that was just very direct and I loved was he said, faith is not a leap into the dark it is a leap into the hands of the Almighty. Mm. Mm-hmm. I just, I really love how, I mean, really, we can entrust ourselves to the Lord. You know, He's He's got us. And if I think if we really are grounded in His character, then even though there's a lot we can't see about maybe what we're stepping into, and in that way, it feels like a leap into the dark in that we, there's uncertainty, mm-hmm. but there's complete certainty around like, his provision for us, um, and his character. And if listener, if you are picturing that scene from Indiana Jones part three, where he is stepping out across the bridge and he doesn't know what's there until he hits it. Mm. I'm with you. Did you recently watch that or did that just come to mind? I mean, what you said generated that. Wow. Yeah. I also appreciated the question he posed at the end that he asks people he's coaching, what need or what problem is God solving through you and in you? thought that was a great perspective on what we're doing and what we're calling people to join. 
Yeah, because he really he really had a lot of emphasis on your ability to clearly call people into a vision. He says one of the struggles that people get into is just a lack of clarity of what God has called them to do and then how to explain it in a way that others will understand. And that's such a fundamental element of seeking partners in this support-based work, right? Like if you if you yourself don't have a conviction and a clarity around why, it will be so hard to communicate mm-hmm. that to others. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I thought that was a really, mm-hmm. really great place to start with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really strategic and intentional, even as I think about the Provisio curriculum. Mm. And early on in the modules, we get into calling and kind of wrapping our head around, how can I express what brought me to this point? Yeah. All those dominoes that had to be lined up and fall into place. And most of the time, it's not a a big shining arrow, right? Right. It's it's a bunch of little things. Uh, Have you had that same experience with the people that you coach, Nicole? Yeah, definitely. I think there are times where it seems like they want this big like Paul moment mm-hmm. and yes. it's not always like that. It is often just these, like you said, little moments where God directed them over and over and over again. And now they're walking into this opportunity. You know, I'm I'm remembering right now some previous conversations that we've had with Mike Card and Josh Lindstrom talking about calling mm-hmm. and even an upcoming conversation with Clyde where we talk about how he was called into support-based work. And for him, you know, he said it kind of came out of nowhere. He wasn't expecting it. And so in that way, maybe it felt like maybe like a Paul moment, like it's very clear I need to do this and it came out of nowhere. But for a lot of people and certainly for those prior guests that I mentioned, calling has been more of a meandering in a, you know, obedience over time. Mm. Yeah. And I guess no matter how your calling comes to you, one thing I appreciated that Nelson said is that, you know, he said that one of the things that he's come to appreciate is the fact that God is the one who determines the ministry. And he also determines the means by which that ministry is going to be supported. And I really love that because Mm. we're always talking about how it's not a formula. Right. And we've seen people of faith throughout time that have been supported in a variety of ways. You know, we have the George Muellers, we have Jesus himself, who was supported by many women. We have Paul, who worked in part to provide for his needs. So we have a lot of different types of examples. And I think that it's just always really helpful to remember that. God's the one that calls to ministry and God's the one that decides how he's going to fund that ministry. Mm. It's a lot of comfort from that. Yeah. A lot of stability. Yeah. Yeah. And again, clarity. If people can have clarity around what God is asking them to do, I think it, it can help prevent some obstacles. You know, for example, Nelson shared that early on he didn't really want to kind of put all his eggs into the basket of fundraising. And so they had that taxi business Mm -hmm. that they were trying to kind of offset. Side hustle. Yeah, the side hustle. Mm -hmm. And it just became really clear that that was not what the Lord had for them. And and graciously, because he felt he had that clarity, this isn't what I need to be doing. I do need to just ask people to partner with me and depend on the Lord entirely to bring this in. He was able to, to pivot and invest in that. I thought along those lines, too, it was really interesting to hear his wife's perspective and how just that passage from First Corinthians 4, um, whatever we have 
including jobs is something God has given and how she was able to make that journey from what she expected to what God was calling them to and, um, and what her role was in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really appreciated that as well. So we talk a lot in coaching about don't filter someone out too early. And I had never thought about it in this way that God provided for Elijah through this widow who was on her last meal and how from our perspective, we probably would not have chosen her. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe the last but, person we would have chosen. Yeah. Yeah. We would have felt so bad, but God provided through her. And then this actually was a provision for her and her son too. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's easy to look at the story of Elijah. And if we're just looking at the Sunday school version, I feel like you see a lot of the highlights. Mm. You see a successful confrontation with the prophets of Baal. You see being fed by ravens. You see being miraculously provided for through the widow's oil and flour. But there's a lot of low points in there too. Yeah. There's a lot of moments where he is just at his wit's end and he's mm-hmm. like, Lord, what is going on? And not always uh, maybe accurately, like he he thinks he's the only one that's in this boat when we know that there were other prophets. After the Lord provides for the widow, we don't know how much longer, but her son died. Mm-hmm. That's probably a low point. <laughs> uh, comes mm. back to life, right? So High point. High point. Confronts the prophets, high point. And then Jezebel scares him, threatens him, and he runs, low point. And then he gets provided for by angels, high point. So I think it's just significant to look at the whole arc of his narrative. Yeah, Well, and you know, it's interesting because something that Nelson pointed out throughout the arc, Elijah is looking to the Lord to tell him what to do. And actually, uh, Nelson pointed out that after the showdown with Baal and after everything with Jezebel, that's the point where he stops asking. He did not ask what the Lord would have him do. He just takes off. He just like, and he kind of like breaks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Breaks with the way he was kind of like looking to the Lord to tell him. Um, and Nelson said he just took matter into his own hands and ran away and, in fact, was lying down waiting to die. Mm-hmm. And and he was talking about how fear is one of those subtle blind spots and that it was fear that led Elijah into that place. Mm-hmm. And I think what I really love about, you know, Andy and I, we've been actually talking about the story of Elijah. I feel like this whole season in one area, it comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because Elijah is, as Nelson said, just a very ordinary person. It it seems mm-hmm. a little odd to say that because it's not every day that we witness the kinds of things that Elijah did. But then you see these just very like human responses, mm-hmm. you know, um, a subtle pride, a subtle fear and, and despairing. And and then you see the Lord meet him just as the Lord meets us in, in very particular ways. So I think that's really sweet. And an ordinary human in the hands of an extraordinary God. Yes. Another thing that goes along with what we've been talking about is I kept hearing this contrast of pride versus humility. And that's so relevant to us in in this realm of life and just how if we make it about ourselves and our own abilities, we're going to struggle with all kinds of discouragement and things are not going to go well. And with humility, it doesn't mean things are going to be easy either, but we 
have peace because we know that God is taking care of everything. We just have a better defined picture of what our role is and what his role is. Yeah, I think that aside from the clarity of what it is you're being called to and why, the clarity of like your role and the Lord's role is such a critical thing to just have straight Mm -hmm. as you're walking into inviting people into partnership. So after he kind of pointed out some of the subtle blind spots, he then pivots and gives one of the key things that he really feels like we've been equipped with to combat those blind spots, and that's just prayer. And I loved the way he articulated that God has given us prayer as a means to express our dependence and reliance on him, but also as a means to allow him to step into our situation. I just love that posture of of worship and humbling ourselves before the Lord, but then also inviting him in, saying, Lord, you've called me into this, and I want to continue to partner with you in the way you would like to see it unfold, you know? Okay, so this is kind of jumping to the very end of our time with Nelson. So if there's anything else we want to say before, we can. But when we asked him the very last question, like, hey, if you were given money, where would you give it? His response, his initial response was that he would give it to the navigators. And I really loved the thought behind that because he said that as he is asking people to partner with him, he's asking them essentially to give to the navigators. And so he wanted to be prepared and able to say, I believe in the work of the navigators. And so I I Mm. also contribute there. I just I thought that was a great way to really show his alignment with the organization the Lord has called him to and his conviction that his own his own giving matters in that space too. I thought that was cool. And it speaks to the observation that it's hard to fundraise for something mm-hmm. that you don't really share the vision for. Right. Like to just come in and do it as a job as like a consultant, that would be challenging, I think. But mm-hmm. the fact that mm-hmm. he believes in it and the fact that we can do it missionally, that really helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess the last thing for me would just be to say that it was a really a delight to talk with Nelson. And I appreciated everything he articulated about the importance of humility. And I really feel like I, I feel like I experienced that in talking with him. Mm-hmm. I was really grateful for yeah. his time, mm-hmm. was really impacted by the things that he had to say. And I'm just really hopeful that our listeners will be as well. Yeah. Nicole, any last thoughts for us as you consider like all the people that you've coached over the years, was there anything that stood out to you from what he said that you think you could apply? You could almost start applying it right away. Yeah. As he was sharing his story, I noticed that there were several points where he mentioned specific verses or passages of scripture. And I thought that was so challenging to me and encouraging that he was basing his decisions, his movement on the word of God and also trusted advisors, mentors Mm, in his mm -hmm. life. And I think that's so important as people are on their fundraising journey, that they stay in the word, that they stay connected to godly Mm. voices in their life who are going to help them see things clearly, steer them in the right direction. That's great because maybe someone who is new to fundraising might assume that because the word fundraising isn't in the Bible, that the concept is extra biblical, like Mm. it's outside of the Bible, Mm -hmm. but the concepts are there rooted Mm -hmm. deeply in how the Lord prepares and how, how he directs us back into his body and into his community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm also curious, Nicole, knowing that you were able to engage fundraising as a single 
and then also um, alongside your husband and, and now coaching. I'm just curious, you know, we in this episode with Nelson talked about a lot of subtle obstacles. I'm curious whether you see any difference in the types of obstacles that seem most prevalent based on whether somebody's been fundraising a long time or fundraising alongside a spouse or by themselves. Like, do you see those obstacles pretty much being the same across the board or do or, you see? Or older or younger. Yeah. Yeah. It's hmm. a good question. I think that there are common themes. As Nelson was sharing, I thought that sounds so familiar. Yeah. And his situation is so different from mine and the people I work with. But at the same time, we all have unique situations and things that are important to us that are tested. And so I think it's both and we're mm. going to experience this in a very unique way. Um, based on our life experiences and, and our personalities and and what we care about most. And it's also going to be the same, just heart matters. Are we going to allow God to lead us? Um, mm. Are we going to trust him to give us what we need? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really loved, and maybe I've already said this, but I think it bears repeating because it's so good. I just really loved the emphasis he put on going back to God day after day to get your marching orders. Mm, yeah. Just continually going back to the Lord and realigning with what it is that he's asking and then responding in obedience to that. So good. Mm-hmm. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for your time and for jumping on to recap this with us listeners. We hope that you are as encouraged by the story of Elijah and all we can see about about God and about humanity in that story. And we pray that this richly blesses you in your own fundraising efforts. Amen. See you next time. It's Not About the Money is presented by Provisio Fundraising Solutions. Provisio equips support-based workers with flexible training, practical resources, and one-on-one coaching. Find out more at provisiofundraising.com.